This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Every day we change the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything. It's slow. It's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 10, titled Gone. Aaron, you've seen it at least one more time. What'd you think of it? Um, There's a lot of things I like in this episode. I really like kind of what they were doing with Darlene and Dom and how they structured it to where... They made, I think, the right decision for some of the wrong reasons, maybe. And then they ultimately arrived independently at the correct course of action for both of them. And how they subverted, how it looked like they're leaning into and then subverting various fan community uh, uh, expectations all through the end, I thought was Mm -hmm. pretty good. I like seeing Irving. Uh, I like seeing Leon. Um, but I also thought there's a lot of like, are they kidding me with this stuff in this episode? Like this, this episode to me had the basic feel of like a season three or season four friends season finale. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, Ross is on the way to the airport and he's going to go with his his Japanese or Chinese girlfriend to mainland Japan. Japan or China and oh Rachel's going to the airport but then she gets discouraged because Joey said something about his childhood and it, it, it the tonally it, it felt weird like that but and also there's several things like you know there's this been this plane crash theory that has uh risen and fallen in the fan community and it feels like Sam is poking fun at and yet taking seriously that stuff. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that he's doing that, I don't even know what to think about like Irv- Irving's appearance because everything yeah. in my analytical brain says that this is bullshit and this means they're in danger, but everything that's actually happening on the screen says that they're safe and this is just a put on. Yeah. And that's a really weird spot for me to be as a fan. Like mm-hmm. I feeling like I have to have an ironic detachment to this entertainment, but also take it deadly seriously. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it feels like he's throwing up uh, a bunch of smoke screens mm-hmm. um, and hoping, you know, that we'll both enjoy the smoke screens we're seeing and yes. also not actually discover what he's trying to do until he does it. Right. And and also, I think that mostly works. Like Sam Esmail yeah. has been able to, for the bulk of the series and, and especially this final season, yeah. pull off a lot of that like, hey, this is what you want, but you're not going to quite get it exactly how you thought. And also letting you know that I know what you want, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And he's done it really well. This episode, depending on what goes down, and I want to give it another what, two weeks. Let's give it two weeks, yes. the end of the series, to see how I feel about it ultimately. But this episode feels like he's gone too far with that hmm. in some ways. I, I, th- So I, I want to say 
I like the bulk of this episode. Uh-huh. I think all, all the things you mentioned about um, what you liked about it, I agree with. And I'm not upset that we took a step back to breathe and get a some kind oh, of uh, yeah. some kind of closure for Darlene and Dom. I think that was absolutely necessary. And I'm not yeah. one of those people to be like, oh, this is a fucking boring episode. Who gives a shit? It's the women. Fast forward. No. Like, I, I love the descriptions they've been doing with this show where it just says we, we stand Darlene or yeah. I stand Darlene. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff, that like little wink at, hey, we know what the audience wants here. We're going to give you some of that. And I feel like they really did deliver on that. Mm-hmm. The The resolution to Dom and Darlene's relationship I thought was great. Mm-hmm. I have three chunks of this episode that I, that eh, one that I really dislike um, okay. and two that I thought I'm, I'm going, what the fuck? I need to know more. Okay. Um, we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but the economics of this situation and the power dynamics here don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the central thesis of this entire show. And so I'm really worried that they're just glossing over the finer points on all of the economics. You're talking about just di- dividing up the dark. Yeah, the, this Robin the Hood Deus plan. group's fortune amongst X amount of people on the planet. Yeah, and if you've been listening to our podcast for the last few weeks, you know we've we've talked about why this does not work with very powerful, connected people. Uh-huh taking their money yeah um it doesn't work in the other direction either taking the poor people's money and giving it to them no no, i'm saying it's like (laughs) it it, it doesn't work on intake like there's not that many bags of gold for robin hood to get his hands on and it doesn't handicap the 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 people as much as you'd think and also the money bags he does if he divides it amongst all Adult members of the U.S. population, yeah. all adult members of all Western countries, all adult members of the world, it starts becoming like, you know, well, gee whiz, thanks, Robin Hood. I can I take this bucks. and $5 and go get a Happy Meal, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I will say they they play it, they they do they make a smart move here by not telling us exact numbers. Now, I think that's, a ca- that's bullshit and cowardice because it implies that the... But if they're going to run this show like they've run this show, yeah. they need to do that. Because hmm. if you start saying like, hey, here's numbers, and they don't line up with anything in reality, mm-hmm. it becomes even more egregious. Yeah. Um, and, but they made the mistake of giving us a number. We saw $140 billion in that one guy's account, and people have kind of reverse engineered the math here. And figured out that this is not a huge amount of money, but it's probably a decent chunk of change. Well, depending so, on how, depending on who and what, how you divide it, yeah, yeah. So that's point number one. Point number two that I disliked is Irving, and mm-hmm. you talked about how it's sort of insane. Darlene and Dom's reaction to Irving in this episode, mm-hmm. and then two or number three, I fucking hate the tonal clash uh, with the Carly Rae Jepsen song. Mm-hmm. I absolutely despised that the tone that that song brought to this episode no, that's, that's, it is so not mr robot that's the friend that it season took me finale out of the episode and all i could do was say oh god this music uh-huh. and and look mr robot experiments uh-huh. a lot i'm not going to fault it too much for that but for me personally this scene did not work at all mm-hmm. because they were trying to go for this like fake rom-com moment that just took me out of the episode that they didn't subvert it anyway right and and that was a point like they were never going to give you the fake rom-com moment because that's not mr robot either but so that goes back to like you know that goes back to 
there's a there yeah everyone uh, subverting expectations is all well and good mm-hmm. but as we found that like earlier this year with game of thrones not necessarily is it welcome or wanted you know if you just completely okay. ups, you know like something well, i have a basic expectation for a show to be good and satisfying mm-hmm. you don't want to subvert that expectation right and i felt like i don't know there's there's I wasn't like a really committed Dom lean shipper, you know, I thought that was uh, because, you know, there's the, the, the relationship began on just terrible, terrible uh, that you needed a couple more seasons for them to kind of square the relationship between them being betrayed, you know, the, the, the blatant betrayal and like trust and all that kind of stuff. And you're not going to get that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, it still, if I was a person that was hoping to see that, and then I see all that stuff kind of lean, you know, the like the episode just trying to build towards that, and then at the very last, it's like pulled away from me, like Charlie Brown and the football. I, I, I guess I'm really bummed out, and it felt like I'm having my the salt rubbed in my wounds a little bit. And and there's a you know, if you continue to do this stuff, like where you tease people about the crazy theories that they're making about their show because you love, they love it, and they're mm-hmm. spending way too much time watching it, they're spending way too much time researching it, perhaps spending way too much time podcasting, and then you <laughs> tell them that those ideas aren't important and kind of ha ha if you thought they were seriously. At best, you're training your audience to no longer take the show as seriously and be as passionate about it because their passion has been not being rewarded, being made fun of. Mm -hmm. And at worst, it comes across as like William Shatner on Saturday Night Live telling the fans to get a life, you know, like actively hostile. And and I don't know that that's what Esmail intended. Maybe he was trying to be more playful. Um, But... Yeah, those are that. That's what I. That's that's what I would think. That I. Then I, I think that's why there's so many people that like the theory crafting going on about like, well, what does it mean when Irv showed up and mm-hmm. why? Why would the Dark Army do that? That's so crazy. But like, well, White Rose just shot the most powerful CEO in the middle of the street on Christmas. So like, they, they're just wilding out. They're going crazy. And like, you just they're like turn themselves to try to figure out like you know fucking um tyrell's gonna come back and dom's gonna die in a plane crash sure. except for it's meant for dom and it's like i don't know man i feel like it's not going to be anywhere near that cool or glorious or wild or crazy but yeah i'm still trying to figure this show out we are three episodes but irving shows up what are the odds what are the odds he shows yeah. up at the, this boston international airport the day after christmas and meets Dom. They're they're astronomical. Yeah. Um, and and again, coincidences do happen, but this is the show sure. where White Rose stares right in the camera and intones, coincidences don't happen. You know? <laughs> and like, that's the thing. I'm I, like why I say I'm trying to still figure this show out three uh-huh. episodes from the end. It's crazy, right? It's because every time they do something mm-hmm. I, I look at something like this and I say, Well, that's clearly not within Mr. Robot's wheelhouse. They yeah. don't give you these they happy saccharine endings. Some they and wouldn't yet, do. And yet I look at episodes like last episode mm-hmm. and I say when Elliot, you know, screams into the sky, when Darlene screams into the sky, we did it. We did mm-hmm. it. And the music swells and tells me they did it. They did it. Mm-hmm. I, am I being played with? Am I being lied to? I won't know until the very until we've seen every inch of film that he has to to show us. Right. Because the, even in season one, going back to season one, the end of season one was supposed to be that triumphant, huge moment. Right. We beat E Corp. 
We took down the, the people who are ruining the world. But the football was taken away from Elliot, like Charlie exactly. Brown. Exactly, yeah. It was pulled out from in front of him. And uh-huh. I keep, with every time they unveil a new moment like that, I'm always waiting for the football to be pulled away. Yeah. And then they do it in this, do, this Dom Lean moment, right? Yeah. And so I'm assuming that they can't possibly not do that when it comes to the bigger, more important structural things about this show and the message. Yeah. But I'm lost. I'm swimming around here, and Sam Esmail's got the ladder by the side of the pool telling and me especially you can since, come out in three more hours. Yeah, especially since like this show that is always prided itself in its realism and its grounding in fact, like the moment of triumph is something that like my my instinct um and what I know about the world is saying, like, well, no, this this isn't so it's right. like is so you're like eventually the ter- tables will stop turning and eventually yeah. white rose or elliot will be on the upper have the upper hand of this table who has hands now and i mean it's been a hell of you a, know, like a it, ride like, yeah like it's, it's spinning around spinning around but yeah. it, it's got to stop but up until it does like the table is still spinning really really fast and yes. i'm not sure and you know at, at the end it's like what if i think white rose is one but you know, Sam Esmail wants me to understand Elliot's one, mm-hmm. and I don't trust the language of the show anymore or its yeah. its economic underpinnings. Then that's a that's problem for me. Now, there's a lot uh-huh. of people that like you know that are doing this and are not doing uh, whipping out their phone and doing calculations on fifty trillion divided by two hundred million and stuff like that. Yeah, that that might just be like, oh well, you know, it's Robin Hood and that's good and and but but you know, I don't know those. I don't think that's the hardcore fans. And it does seem like yeah. it's polarizing. There are it, it is. It, it it feels very polar. Like you know, I, I feel like after I've done this so many years, I can tell when like my view is an outlier, mm-hmm. and when my view is like the majority, and when my view is like one of the many tossed and turned into turbulency. And it, yep. this feels more like the latter when I'm looking at the Reddit's and I'm looking at my feedback because I, I got like an equal amount of people saying. Uh, I can't fucking believe that Sam Esmail's flirting with the goddamn rom-com as I got people. Those people saying that this episode is a rom-com have their heads right. so far up their asses. And I'm like, and that, well, that's the, 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 the that's <laughs> the brilliant part about it, right? That it's like a yeah. subversion. You think it's going to be a rom-com, but I never thought it was going to be a rom-com. Right. Because that's not Mr. Robot. And yeah. Like, yeah, I I feel you, man. It's, it's something where I'm not going to feel settled at all with this show until the very end agreed and having it remains to be seen if i'm going to be satisfied by this show although i think this last four years of of the show has been with with maybe an exception around the Uh second season or so yeah uh pretty amazing yeah like the journey has been worth it i'm not going to be disappointed with my time spent on mr Mm -hmm. robot but i might be disappointed with the ending yeah, no, and, I, and endings are tough. That can happen. Yeah, that can happen, and it's not fatal to like you know. Sometimes it is. Like I think that uh, you know, look at what happened in Game of Thrones. Is like man, such a huge community, enthusiastic community yep. that like what's left of the community seems to be just there to like make jokes about the double D's and mm-hmm. the HBO canceling prequel orders and stuff like that. It's it's more of a yeah, cynical, the, meaner fandom absolutely. than it used to be. But and I think that's earned. Like Game yeah. of Thrones was fucking up for seasons yeah. before the end. It was Esmail hasn't fucked this season up. I no. I like this season a uh-huh. lot. It's it's one of the best Mr. Robot seasons, probably yeah. If not best, it's top two. And I even think this episode had some amazing stuff. Like, I really liked Darlene's kind of, like, uh, you know, self-care over a panic attack. I like how they, again, they had this really brilliant structure 
for the in the, the, the these women's relationship to where they what I think they portrayed is they arrived at their correct conclusion for themselves mm-hmm. in a situation where you know they both thought the other had kind of had had kind of given up yeah and I think I think Dar I I don't know because it's it's or, or they made the right decision for the wrong reasons and then. The universe immediately, at least in the case of of uh, Dom, blessed her decision by giving her first night of sleep. And right, I don't know how however many years I, she said. I just think of the Rolling Stones song. You know, you can't yeah. always give what you want. Sometimes, sometimes you get, what, you get you what you need. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what happened to both of them. Yeah, this episode. That been and, perfect. And it was satisfying. Yeah, it was very satisfying. Yeah. And but it's just like still Irving is what, and some of the things like Dom, like <laughs> yeah. Dom playing like she's just shell shocked, bewildered through, and also she's just less than twenty four hours recovered from oh, a stab wound man. and surgery. Yeah, like you know, I'm I'm not even. I, I people just want to say that I'm nitpicking. Like I'm really letting a lot of stuff slide. Absolutely, this is like major structural things. Which I guarantee you, stabbed me in the lungs. I'm not coming back the next day to do a podcast. I'm not running. <laughs> I'm not running sixty gates to do it for no, damn definitely sure. Not. Up a I'm, set of stairs. I'm not shoving enormous dressers in front of my door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shit like that, which I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. People yeah. recover quickly. Look at Elliot. He got hit by a fucking car, mm-hmm. dropped off two cliffs. Sure. And he's basically fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But there are That's because he's actually a robot, Jim. I don't know if you saw it's the true. theory. Uh, uh, okay, let's get into the recap. We've yes, talked please. a lot about this episode already. Housekeeping. Something new coming out just this week. We have Bald Move Christmas merch. This is a first for us. We made some ornaments with our logo on it. Uh, Alexis made some cool reindeer skull enamel pins that are absolutely metal. Literally. They're, they're made of metal with enamel on them. If you want to add some Bald Move Jolly to your holly, check out merch.baldmove.com ASAP so you can get these by Christmas. Speaking of Christmas... We're doing this Christmas thing for club members. We do it every year where we watch and podcast Christmas movies, Christmas themed movies. And I think this year might be the best yet. If you're a club member, stop what you're doing right now. Go watch the videos that we made. The podcast versions, they're fine, but the videos are even better because Cecily went and added a bunch of contextual clips from the movie and it just takes things to a whole other level. Go to baldmove.com. You can't miss it. It's on the front page. I just watched Home Alone 2, and it's been like three months since I recorded it, and it's fucking hilarious. We put the entire McAllister family on trial. Kevin, Buzz, all the way to the despicable Uncle Frank. Jim, history's greatest monster. Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or Uncle Frank from the Home Alone franchise. I'd have to see Uncle Frank's history. Like, I don't know how far back this goes, how long he's been conning the family, but Joe's got a 20-year con going, so... I think he gets it. It's a, a debate to be had. It's and close. I, I think there's hints that Uncle Frank is a sex pervert, and there's I, the yeah, Uncle Joe, uh, uh, Grandpa Joe's just running a just a lazy scam. Yeah, so. he's milking his family. Sure, uh, he's not scarring Charlie <laughs> and or their chocolate factory. Uh, non-club members were also giving away the last uh, years. Wait. Non-club members were also giving away last year's 12-minute short film, The One-Man Manger, A Very Giamatti Christmas. We did pyrotechnics for this video. It's extremely polarizing. You can see it on our website or search YouTube for One-Man Manger. Check it out. 
Uh, it's kind of a bummer, but we had to reschedule our interview with Kim Renfro because of scheduling issues last week. Uh, but we're going to have her back this week to talk about binge culture, The Mandalorian, and all things Baby Yoda coming out again later this week. Rick and Morty also came back this week after taking a week-long break, and we got full coverage of that, which is one more episode to go for this little half-season deal that they're releasing on Adult Swim. But we're here for the surprisingly smart extra-dimensional dick jokes. If any of this stuff sounds good, go to baldmove.com to subscribe or search for the show name wherever you listen to podcasts. Dom is recovering in a hospital bed as she realizes who White Rose is thanks to a news broadcast. Uh, the doctors tell Dom she can't leave soon and her family is in a safe house, but she can't see them because they don't trust her. Dom demands to be discharged against the advice of her doctor and they let her go. Uh, she can't take a cab home thanks to the anesthesia, so the nurse calls a social worker to take her home. Um, and we, we, you see that the doxing of Deus is making news all over the place. Um, they're trying to fight it with sort of claims of fake news and yeah. like all these security outlets that are probably under their thumb. caution and believing, right. you like, know, take, unverified. Take fucking Gideon and E-Corp. If E-Corp came to him and uh -huh. said, hey, we got this big scandal, uh, we just got doxed, and they go to Gideon and they say, we want you to deny that this is actually true or question the validity of these documents publicly. He would fucking do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, and he'd so, also ask him if he wanted the uh, them him to to wax her car afterwards. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you got to imagine like this is not legitimate security concerns about the authenticity of these documents. It's more it's the big the, it's the, the money and the power media behind that them. is being having their leashes yanked yeah. uh, yanked by their their overlords. And, and this is yeah. a detail I really liked uh -huh. about the the realities of that situation. Sure. Right. Yeah. You don't just dock somebody and suddenly they get taken down. Yeah. There's a there's a struggle. And I think there's also something Kafka esque about um, juxtaposing that with like this the the struggle as an individual person that has liberty to leave a hospital. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. yeah. like like how this is all very much for your benefit and your concern and you know, just to help you out, but mm -hmm. also fuck you and I'm a burly guy and I'm gonna push you in this chair and if you hassle me I'm gonna get security and it's gonna be a bit uh, uh, uh. Yeah. They they really set a tone for Dom in this episode with this first scene. I mean, yeah. the, the the closing and opening doors over yeah. and over again at the end of uh -huh. the scene. Yeah, how absurd is it? She's parked out there, yeah. like, not in, not out. The, door, the fucking robot door doesn't know what and to do with her. How grating all of it is mm -hmm. and, and her numbness. Like, you you feel all of it. Yeah, and it's they brilliant. They did a great job. Again, they didn't take, uh, you know, they, they didn't take the episode off from a filmmaking standpoint. No, hell no. Uh, okay, Dom gets home, she medicates, she prepares a sandwich, and then Darlene shows up. By the way, yeah, casually grabbing a handful of Percocets and downing them, the rest of this episode, she would have, I guaranteed, gotten a good night's sleep, and I don't <laughs> think she makes it through the car ride. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Did, have they ever hinted that she has a problem? I can't I thought remember. she was pretty straight-laced. There was a theory that, like, maybe... Uh, those suckers she that she was she was always sucking on were like some kind of Molly sucker. Do you remember that? Like some kind of like was this uh, a Lolita thing? What's what's going on I, here? I, I just remember that being like the suckers is that people were speculating that was some kind of drug or some some kind of thing. Mm. And I'm like, I never. I thought she was pretty straight laced. Yeah. Like just getting a handful of Percocets and gulp, you're yeah. gonna be out. You're gonna be out. You're gonna be out like a light. Uh, yeah. So she, Darlene shows up and tries to convince her to leave, but she wants to see this investigation through so that she can see her family again and apologize to them. 
uh, they they kind of go around in circles here. They argue a lot about where she's safest, where any of them could be safe. Um, Dom claims that she's not alone here and she'll be fine and she's got Alexa and Darlene smashes it on the ground and says, basically, you're living in a fantasy world uh, and demands that she, she come with her. And that works, apparently. Um, you had to kill her friend and... Yeah, you kill yeah. kill kill the only friend. Who's who's more evil, uh, Janice or Darlene for smashing Alexa, her only friend? Did we actually see Darlene <laughs> kill a person? Alexa. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we actually see Janice kill somebody? That's why I was ju- juxtaposing. No, but she was going to kill her family. Well, it's all hypothetical. I don't know if she would have gone through <laughs> That's true. with it. One of them did kill. She might have been all bark, no bite. Might have been all bark, no bite. All mm-hmm. all. Um, Stuffer, what do you call that? All taxidermist, no, no hunter. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All taxi, no hunty. Um. There's a couple. Biz- there's a couple ominous, weird things in this scene. Number one, do Faith people hat. actually make grilled cheese with mayonnaise? Yes. Apparently, that is a thing because it has a higher smoke point, and so it doesn't burn your bread as fast. It crisps it. Hmm. I don't know. I've never tried it, but. I've always used Maybe butter and I never weekend. had like I, I, yeah I might I might try it's mm-hmm. a lazy it sounds like it, it's being built as a lazy person's butter because you can just you, you yeah. get a higher threshold for burning. Mm-hmm. Um, Although she manages to burn the fuck out of this grilled cheese anyway. I thought so too. She's like it's been a long it's, you know how long's been since you've had a gr- good grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> I was like honey, you still haven't had a good grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. What the fuck, man? It's it's the little victories though. Like the fact that she did actually come home and make this. You know, it's weird cuz grilled cheese self-care I feel like is really hot right now. Like it was just like a pivotal moment yeah. of the season the mid-season finale of BoJack Horseman. Like huh. What is that the new like comfort food? Yeah, for I've been really into grilled cheese this year too. It's like yeah, it's 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 quick, it's easy, but it's surprisingly good. It pairs well with soup. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. The so at what point do we want to talk about the plane theory? Because this was the I, I first think when they show her passport later on the road trip. Okay, because there's this is the first bit of evidence that people were going crazy about with the plane theory. Um, okay, Alexa well, playing Faith actually, Hill's yeah, presented. So this is the Faith Hill thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go. So for it. if you're not aware, there has been throughout Mr. Robot's history, starting in season two, I believe this 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 persistent theory that someone and in particular darlene was going to die in a plane crash mm-hmm. and the evidence was thus white rose had confessed to killing the previous ceo of e-corp by a faked plane crash mm-hmm. um there's multiple sequences of planes and plane crash imagery uh darlene stood beneath a like a model of a plane i think it might have even been a clock that was on uh, the wall of an apartment uh, she cried in front of a framed picture of a World War II bomber. Uh, she had a poster in her room of Patsy Cline, who died at the age of 30 of a plane crash. Um, one of Trenton's brothers had a model airplane, a toy airplane that he was running around in the foreground making like airplane noises with while Trenton was arguing with her mom and Darlene was sitting on the couch and he made sputtering engine and then plane crash noises right in front of Darlene. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things that happened in season two and three. Darlene and Cisco talked about going to Budapest and flying there. And that's when people started saying like, oh my God, this is foreshadowing, this foreshadowing. And, you know, things kind of like died down. Uh, because 
it didn't seem like anything. Until, was... like, last episode, I think there was a plane in the sky when Darlene looks up exact... at the billboard. Yes, and people were like, the plane theory's back on the menu, and then this is just nothing but red meat, because... Yeah. Uh, as we're going to point out, this the obscene coincidence of Irv showing up at this at this airport. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, and and there's also some more stuff around that Patsy Cline uh, theory. A little more info when we get to the scene with Dar- Dom's ID. Well, what's the? Because I'm about to do the play, the the Faith Hill um, the, the 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 Faith Hill connection. So. Um, so so the ID that she has this Jackie Doublehorn fake identity on her yeah, passport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the passport was issued on March fifth or sixth i can't i can't remember and this kind of intersects with another popular off by one off theory. by one theory that we've talked about a lot this season right so patsy klein's plane went down on march 5th like 1930 or something uh-huh. whenever the fuck she died <laughs> uh and she was 30 years old uh-huh. at the time so uh darlene or i'm sorry dom's passport it was issued either march 5th or 6th which could be either the day or off by one from Patsy Cline's demise and she's also 30 years old on this ID because it's issued or her birth date is shown as 1985. So, so is that it the issue be, date or the birthday? No, the issue date is the March date. Okay. And the 1985 oh, it is means her that she'd birthday. be 30. Okay. She would be 30 years old, okay. the same age that Patsy Cline was when she died in an airplane crash. Okay. So interestingly, Faith Hill, uh, internationally famous country singer, um applied for a job as uh Reba McIntyre's backup singer back in I think this is 91 or 92 or something. Hmm. Um and she missed the job. The person who won the job boarded a plane with Reba McIntyre's band, took off, the plane hit bad weather and Reba McIntyre's entire band including this new backup singer was killed. Holy shit. So Faith Hill by by failing this audition narrowly missed a plane going down. So she's the Darlene. So there is a yeah, a theory that like Dom that Dom is going to die in this plane crash and Darlene is going to miss it because of some some sort of coincidence or happenstance. In this case it's because she you know, will she, won't she her way through a hotel bath or to, through an airport bathroom and a panic attack and, and landed on the won't she. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying there's a lot of there there. Uh-huh. And I ask you, will your opinion of this improve or deep or, or dis decline? Yeah, decline. Improve or disprove? Improve or decline <laughs> based on whether dom's plane explodes next episode no i don't think so i don't really care like you don't because i I feel like if 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 the plane blows up i'm gonna be like well this is consistent to the foreshadowing but like why you know i i thought dom's arc was saying some other thing and if it doesn't blow up i'm gonna be like why all the plane crash bait man well i (laughs) i question like i i always constantly question whether the internet is digging too deep Sure. Cause, yeah. Because the coincidences are there to be found with everything. If you but look hard dates, enough, like your numerology shit, yeah, like your yeah. off by one theories might yeah. come to nothing. Sure. And then where where does that leave you? Like disappointed? No, I I'm not gonna be disappointed by that. I know, but I think that's because I've made a conscious decision of as of like a season and a half ago to stop taking these conspiracy theories too seriously because yeah. I'm like everything that Sam Esmail was saying was like it's not going to be like this, and the fulfillments we saw of like the Back to the Future stuff was hinting towards the reset 
of the show to a season one rather than like a literal time travel thing and i think the, the all this this white rose stuff is going to work out but mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of people maybe this is their first rodeo on a mystery box show they're going yeah. whole hog into that and the show seems designed to reward that kind of behavior yeah. and i don't know how i'd feel if i was that type of fan at the end of all this if the planes don't explode and if white rose yeah. doesn't step out of a fucking delorean I okay. don't know. Yeah, I if, feel like if you're super invested up, in those theories, I can I can feel you. There's yeah. lots of passionate fans that are marching towards that destination, and yeah. I I'm scared for them because I think they're going to have a bumpier ride than Dom going down on her airplane to Budapest. <laughs> it's like you think she's not going down on the airplane. I don't. I no. I, I I think yeah. I think Sam's just fucking with the audience, and I think it's yeah. deliberate fucking, and that's what I'm I'm really not sure about. You know, I, I'm looking at this very much as a Schrodinger's cat thing, like. Mm-hmm. It may, it might be, it might not be, and I won't know until I open the box. And I'm not going to get all worked up about which it is. I just sure. want to, in time, open the box, yeah. and we will. Like, but it's like you know, we have the impulse to fuck with our fans every once in a while. Like during the silent episode, we literally considered for a couple of minutes I mean, releasing yeah. a podcast that was exactly as long as the episode of just of just like our theme music and then silence. And like that would be funny, right? Like, but I think people they'd would... be in on that joke. Yeah, but but still, it'd be like, you know, I could see people being annoyed because why did I download a 50 megabyte thing? You know, I used up my data, blah, blah. Yeah, it, only the Australians would be annoyed. Sh- yeah. Sure. But like, I, I could see like a lot of people being upset because, you know, yes, even though they're in a joke, they didn't come to be joked. They came for a fucking entertaining podcast. So we never sure. do that. And it's wild that someone with this high profile would if that's what he's doing. But I he's definitely ho- doing some of that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, um, he's he's winking at all of us. Yeah, and, but I might be over. I also might too. be overacting. Maybe the type. Maybe there's fans out there that like being teased and scared. Like it's like going to a haunted house. <laughs> That's the thing. I look back at Lost. Fucking with them. Lost was my first uh, rodeo with a mystery box show. Like X Files was mine. And so I got really into podcasts. I was sure. listening to Jay and Jack's podcast yep. every single week and theorizing along with the rest of them, posting in the forums, making art for it. Like I was doing all the shit that I see people doing on Reddit, which is cool. And in the end, I don't regret the journey. Like I really still treasure my time with that show. Sure, It's just, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Yes. Yes. And, but I don't, I don't really, I try not to let that color my entire relationship with the show. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go back and watch that show again because I've been there and done that and it won't be as good. Well, I think that's the wisdom that comes with media consuming age is that I've been through several puzzle boxes and I've seen ones that are intensely rewarding and I've seen ones that were a tease and collapse upon their weight. And I start to feel like, uh, okay, when something feels like this, it's starting to feel like Lost. It's starting to feel like X-Files. When something feels like this, it's starting to feel like, okay, this is more like, you know, season one of Westworld. This is more like... um, uh, I'm trying to think of successful puzzle boxes. It's it's a lot harder to think uh, of those. True Detective is kind of one. The first True Detective, season. but it, a lot of its puzzle box stuff was just like accidental or like the you know took taken way too seriously. Um, yeah, uh, some of the Fargos, you know, like uh, the, I know there's been there's there's certainly been ones that pay off. Uh, I mean, fucking The Watchmen right now. I think we are seeing a yeah. successful one unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Robot's like always walking that line between. Oh yes, my time and attention to this show's mysteries is paying off to like drink more more Ovaltine. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like that's that's just part of Sam S. Mill's experimental nature. Yeah. Like he's going for something that not a lot of people are willing to go for yeah, in television. Uh-huh. And I respect that. 
will I enjoy the, yeah. the final result? I don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. I really he wants don't. to you climb on the fan base and goad him with the Spurs and run it <laughs> and ride around for eight <laughs> seconds. And I guess we'll see how that will go. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, between this and homecoming, uh-huh. uh, I'm, I'm still on board. Even if he colossally fucks up the end of this, and oh, I yeah. think nothing rings true. He's I'm in, still on board for his next he's show. He's in the Noah Hawley camp of like, I'm definitely in for whatever he does next because yeah. it's original and fascinating. Even if it sometimes yeah. gets a little too out there, a little bit too pretentious, a little bit, you know, because I can say the same things about Noah Hawley. I haven't seen Lucy in the Sky Diamonds, but holy shit, that film got savaged. And huh. Fargo, like I've had my problems with some of the seasons of Fargo and Legion yeah. while being a treat. Yeah. So anyway, this isn't the Noah Hawley show. This is me saying that, yes, I agree with you on, on that semester. And I, I'm a guy who hated season two. I, d- I despise season two. I would never go rewatch season two yeah. unless it was in service of uh, some kind of theory crafting. But like, mm-hmm. I... I even that, even that large chunk of this show being disappointing to me does not take away from the highlights. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's move on. We're at a motel. Uh, Elliot goes over the thumb drive that Philip gave him. We don't really get any info on it. Uh, then Darlene and Dom show up, and Elliot breaks the news that he's going. He's not going to escape with him. He's got stuff to do in Washington Township. Darlene's fine with that and says she's done. Then Darlene also says the money is ready to go out now that it is untraceable. Been run through a bunch of crypto tumblers and and shell accounts. And she asks Elliot one more time if he wants to go with him, but he's he's not done himself. Uh, and he doesn't want to do the honors of of uh, distributing this money. He wants to give that to her because hmm. she helped a lot with the hack in the end. Turns out she's like kind of the one who got it done. Mm-hmm. Who who ran into the end zone? She got ninety nine of it done. Elliot just brought brought the one. Though it's a big yeah. one, but still just the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will never get of... tired of seeing Elliot's little kitten smile that he does. You know that thing where he's like he's got a closed mouth smile, a closed mouth smile, hmm. and it looks like a living uwu emoji. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. It's like fucking that's adorable. Just his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was, and, and I don't know how many of those we'll get to see from here on out. Uh, yeah. It's because it's, I think we got a little of a smile last episode, but man, it's been, it's, it's been pretty gloomy this season. How so deep I like did, that. How deep did you dig on the road trips of the Alderson family? Uh, I did not dig very deep at all. Okay. I remember the, I uh, the, the fictional one that... Uh, the Alf were, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, in this scene, Darlene claims that she's never been on a road trip. Mm-hmm. Elliot claims the same and we had some information about an Alderson family road trip, an annual Alderson family road trip in that episode. And that turns out to probably be false, like mm-hmm. not actually a thing they did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how important that is to the overall understanding of Elliot's uh, mental state, because at this point we know if so much more about it. you can't trust the Alf episode to be an honest narrator, right. a reliable, then I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, you come know? on, Sam. Come on, come on. <laughs> Now yeah. Irv shows up, suspension, the disbelief failed. <laughs> uh, the other part of that road trip conversation, the Sour Patch Kids, mm-hmm. is actually kind of interesting. It's a callback to, I want to say it's season three, um, when Angela's holed up in her apartment, Ellie goes to see her, and they have this conversation through the door where they reminisce about this wishing game they used to play, mm-hmm. things they wish for, and one of those things was going on a road trip, uh, and he talked about how they would they would need to get a bunch of Sour Patch Kids, which is kind of a cool callback. Yeah. So despite not being 
uh, not having ever gone on a road trip himself, Elliot Elliot knows what's up with road yeah, trips. He's been he's been planning. Stop at the gas station. Gotta get caffeine. Load up on a bunch of bullshit foods. Yep. Uh, my my go to is usually combos. I'm a fan. I uh I I like combos. I like co- I like combos. I like uh, uh peanut M Ms. Okay, that's my go to like uh, road trip fuel. All right, what's your feeling both as a passenger? Um, on this road trip, and also as the one who would be doing the eating of beef jerky. If he ate beef jerky, would I not like it? Yeah, I mean, just like, because I like to eat beef jerky on road I trips. I think beef jerky's fine. But it really stinks up a car. Does it? I've not noticed yeah. that. Maybe because I'm a beef jerky eater myself. There you go. Okay. Let's move on. Put some substantial in your stomach. It keeps that tank full. Absolutely. Energy. Uh, did Dom take a shower between these scenes? She's got her hair like all up and she's been in the hospital and now it's down and, you know, it's looking different. I, yeah, I got the impression that no. Where okay. would she get the, yeah, the chance to she? take a, yeah. Okay. Um, she's not able to get a soda and she ends up back in the motel room where Leon's rolling a joint and he claims he's here to help Elliot and Darlene and tells her to watch Three Days of the Contour, Condor to understand his philosophy of life. Yeah, I'm uh, all about that guy, that contour myself. That contour, yeah. That's that's the remake. Uh-huh. Uh, I did not do a ton of research on Three Days of the Condor, but it's pretty easy to get what he's going for with the synopsis. Yeah. Um, it's just simply about a CIA agent who is doing a bunch of research and figuring shit out, which, you know, Dom's an FBI agent yeah, who spe- likes to do spe- that. Specifically, he looks for weird random patterns and hidden coded information like novels uh, magazines, newspaper articles, and he uncovers an actual crime from reading a crime novel. Okay. Uh, and this is this is awesome. Okay, so, this ties this, into the episode so heavily. And this is why people are pouring over the excerpt from Irving's book that yep. you can get on his fake publisher website. And mm-hmm. this is why people are screen, you know, capturing the brief frames of the synopsis of the book yeah. and trying to make out what blurry words say because they think this is now the key because they said the thing that says this thing is the key. And Sam Esmail is just rolling, is smoking his J and giggling. Yeah, right. And and pointing at the fans and laughing. Yeah, it's. Uh huh. But but how much is he laughing and how much is he just kind of feeding the fans? You know, like like giving them actual sustenance versus sort of just having fun with his I'm, captives. I mean, here. I don't know. Is this beef jerky or is the Sour Patch Kids? I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm, I think the jury's out as as you as you said yourself. For sure. Uh, where are you on Dom rolling with the punches in this episode? Because, granted, she had a fistful of Percocet. Yeah. But she's always been this like kind of ramrod straight, legal eagle type person um, with the caveat that she also jerks it to perpetrate, uh, you know, perps uh, uh, <laughs> uh, interviews. But do you think she walks into this room, sees Leon, and is like, yep, that's what I'm doing. I'm going on a road trip with this guy who blew out the brains of X and of Dark Army guys who's who has weird loyalties, who's saying now that he works for the Almighty Dollar, which means, you know, which even, be even at her low 99% of her wealth gone state, White Rose probably has enough to turn his head. Like, no questions at all. No questions. Yep. That's not super easy to buy as an audience member. Um, I think they've done a little bit of 
of foundation building here because that first scene shows very much how disturbed she is that the FBI does not trust her, even though she's brought them everything she possibly could. I mean, did, is this like Dom just defeatist going through with like, okay, well, I guess literally sitting in my apartment and waiting to die is not the best solution. So fuck it. I'll go with Darlene, but she's just, yeah, you know, in complete whatever mode. Um, I think so. I think she... I mean, I, I think she still views her life as forfeit at this point. <laughs> it's not until the very end of the episode where she gets some kind of, uh, I don't know, rejuvenating uh, event. Yeah. Joey but, Badass yeah. is uh, campaigning for a Leon spinoff on Twitter. Did you see that? I saw that. Would you, you in for a Leon spinoff? I, I might give it a try, but I don't think the... I don't think the audience is there. I don't think USA is going to be on board for that. That's true. If they have a similar fall off from like Breaking Bad yeah. to uh, Better Call Saul, then there'll be about 75,000 people watching. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't think that's going to work. Maybe it's a different audience. You get Joe because Joey Badass is a successful artist in his own right. Maybe you can bring that. There you go. Get that audience on board. Mm-hmm. Do you like the, the, the Mr. Like, like Empire seen through the lens of Mr. Robot kind of thing. All right. Still don't think the audience is there in USA, but hey, I, I, I'd i give it a try. Give it a try, Joey. Uh, so Darlene gets back to the room and they begin the road trip. Uh, Darlene sleeps and Dom and Leon converse and they're kind of staying off the main roads. Um, Leon has to piss and he kind of harangues uh, Dom throughout this scene for not knowing anything about movies or books, apparently. Uh, Dom's got a passport under the name Jackie Doublehorn, which we kind of talked about. With a little prodding from Leon, she tries to figure out her new identity, which is a pastry chef with a soft spot for Nutella. Had to rewind a few times, catch Nutella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a mention of Vonnegut in this scene, and I did not get the reference. I was like Dom here. I went and I looked into it a little bit, and um, this is part of, I think, Breakfast with Champions, or yes. Breakfast for There's, Champions. We, we have some commentary and uh, the feedback about it. We do? Okay. I'll give you credit to it when we get to the feedback, because it seems silly to wait for it. But like the as I think was also revealed in last week's feedback, the central conceit of this is Kirk Vonnegut, the, the author, steps breaks the fourth wall and has a conversation with the protagonist of the novel. Gotcha. And people, one of the theories uh, resulting from that is that Sam Esmail, like he did before, saying hello, friend, to all of us earlier this season, will step behind the camera from behind the camera and actually have an er- Elliot interrogate him about like why all this is happening. And that huh. is so fucking wild that it oh, it might work. Maybe. Like I think it's it's one of those things. Like fuck it, if Vonnegut pulled it off, then yeah. a person can probably once per per genre or or medium of literature yeah okay and and you need to be a talent on that level and that kind of audacious so we'll we'll see if that's where they're going down we'll see yeah but that could also be fucking Mm self-parody uh if they're not careful with it so i'm excited i'm excited for the possibility so the context around the the idea of of the mirror being the piss um is that in the story, the character calls mirrors leaks because he thinks that they are sort of connection points between dimensions. They're leaks into another dimension. And so he says, steal me a mirror instead of... Take me a leak. Take a leak, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, what do you think Leon's real name is? Because we learn a few things about Leon. A, Leon isn't his real name. 
he's very into Vonnegut and he's also a code red guy in the scene. I think his name is Leo. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> the worst uh the the worst false name ever. Pseudonym yeah. ever. Yeah, he saw Leon the professional and said, Ah, that's the kind of guy I want to be. I've seen some bad pseudonyms in my day. Uh-huh. But that might take the cake. <laughs> Uh, actually, Leon the Professional, it's funny you mentioned that because I think that is what they're going for with him. Yeah, I think so too, probably. Because it's the first thing I think when I think of assassins for hire, I mean, Leon's right up there. Yeah, absolutely. And I was looking around on Reddit this morning, like I don't know, 20 minutes before this podcast, and I saw somebody had posted uh, a picture of him sitting on the car when he was out in the desert with Mobley and Trenton. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was wearing the same the same style of glasses that Leon the Professional wears on gotcha. the, it, throughout that movie. Gotcha. So they're definitely leaning into that with him. Very cool. Uh, so we go to the rest stop, which is one of the nicest rest stops I've ever seen. Normally it's just like a patch of dirt with a, a fucking park bench. Yeah. I I've mean, seen some the, nice rest the ones stops I've seen. in my area in, yeah. in, my, in my time. This one's paved. It's got a fucking park especially like ones that are just crossing the border of a state i feel like the state's like the flex you, you, you right go from georgia to too. florida and like florida's rolling out okay. the gators and yeah. the orange juice and you go from florida to georgia and georgia's like oh yeah well how about pecans we got pecans what's some, some peaches right. fuck your oranges we got peaches and they got like yeah they, they get they get elaborate they get elaborate when you go Apparently. from state to state or sure. when or when you stop next to a dam i guess not so much in the midwest because you roll from no. one state to the other it's just kind of like meh yeah, You're lucky to get a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so they're they're at this rest stop. Darlene tries to sort of savor this moment that she transfers all the money from their their Deus heist back to the people. Dom is kind of like getting in the way of that, and she has to calm her down. Uh, and she convinces Dom that this Robin Hood thing is uh, Robin Hood's a good guy, and this and she celebrates by screaming into the air like a lunatic. Mm-hmm. But everyone is kind of celebrating, so it's not really that weird. Yeah, they just assume that she got uh, she got her payday. Yeah, <laughs> and she really needed it <laughs> much more they, than they, these they other all, people. Everyone's attention snapped her and it's like she got more money than us. <laughs> Go her. grab her, grab her, tell her, tear her cell phone apart. Yeah, yeah, society descends into chaos as everyone now has something that they need to protect. Um, Tell us how much money this could possibly be. All right. So I looked it up, and apparently the world's combined net worth is something around $250 trillion. When you say net worth, you're talking all owned property, all liquid assets. I'm talking the value of everything that someone owns in the world, real property, and $250 trillion. And that if you divide that evenly up amongst almost 8 billion people, that's about $31,000 per person, okay. which is a decent chunk of change. But, but we know that's not with that going equation. to happen because yeah. there's that's literally all of the wealth in the world and that's yes. not liquid, et cetera. So let's say something. What 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 is the number did you saw people throwing around? Because if, if you had so 100 I, billion and you had 100 people in that, that'd be about 10 trillion. Yeah, so I it was 140 billion that came out of that one guy's account. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just one of 100. So we're yeah. extrapolating and saying average was 140, so it's 14 trillion. Okay. People have, have estimated much higher than that, and I don't 
exactly know why. It's hard to get it past that, honestly. I yeah. did numbers for fifty trillion. Uh, if you do fifty trillion across eight billion, it's about six hundred six thousand a piece. Hmm. Uh, across uh, like all adult people in the United States, like a two hundred and some million people, it's about two hundred fifty thousand per person. Yeah, but. I don't know why you would limit this to just North America because, you know, Probably arguably the, the it's it's weird because this is all well, go ahead and make your numbers point and then let's talk about the other problems with it because I think you're going to come up with a, 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 a kind of a more re, uh, these are like generous best case estimates, the ones I was giving. I mean, the number I've seen thrown around from calculations that are largely agreed on is uh -huh. like 50 grand-ish to each person. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a number that I would look at and go, holy shit, that's awesome. But it's not a life-changing amount of money. No. No, I don't think... I. It just depends because like if it's across... Because the number's that high almost universally left off like Africa, Asia, yeah. you know, South America, um, you know. And, and if you're giving... If you're Robin Hooding people and you're leaving off the most poorest and the most destitute, the ones most abused by this world, new world order, yeah. then you're doing it wrong. But, like, the other thing is, like, if you include those, the number... The payout is smaller. Like, I, I was seeing, like, $6,000 payouts, which, like, you know, that's nice but not life-changing at all. But, like, at if least you're a sub-Saharan African farmer, yeah. you are fucking rich now. And I kind of like think... That's, like, 10-plus years of salary right there. Yeah. Like if you're making a dollar a day working every day a year. And, and, and the thing is, is, like... I think you could frame this as something like that because if you could take the the top one percent of the top one percent and make them destitute or as poor or like or just no better than anyone else and give their wealth across the world, that probably would change a lot of things. But the what the story they're telling is just like these people in a fairly wealthy, um, advanced country being excited about getting. I don't know, maybe a year, maybe twice your year's pay, maybe half your year's pay, maybe a month's pay in your thing. Like I, mm -hmm. it, it did feel if, if you did the math for me any, any way, kind of underwhelming. And I would love to know like what, yeah. Cause that, I think, I think it's an act of cowardice not to put a number there because depending on what number Sam would put there, I would either be like, well, why do you think this changes anything? And if you put the number very large, I'd be like, how did you arrive at this number? Mm. And I feel like not wanting to have that conversation again, like, you know, what is the point of all this? Like, what is he advocating for? Because one of the things I think the right wingers have a very strong case is, look, if you took every, all the world's billionaires, you put all their money in a big pile and you divide it up amongst evenly amongst everybody, you would have a good time for a couple of months and then you run out of money and then what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah, I don't think anybody's advocating for that. They're advocating for doing that every year. Right. But, but like, Which that is that is potentially cause for a big change, but this is a one-time event. But th that's what I'm saying, a one-time yeah. event. And like even if you did it once a year, like the billionaires wouldn't have a billion dollars the next year. You know, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it, I, I think that's persuasive because if that's, if that's why you're doing it, just to like hand it out to everybody and you're not trying to accomplish anything else, then like it seems like not a great way to do things and i think that this is kind of a, highlights that 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 talking point issue because sam just doesn't want to have that conversation right and i think that's smart of him because i don't think that he, this show is prepared to have that conversation mm. this show is very focused on what elliot could reasonably get done yeah as a hacker and i don't think that eliminating all of the connections and all of the wealth of 
the top 1% is something that a single hacker could reasonably get done. Maybe. I mean, you're, you're probably right. I just look at like how much ground like Watchmen has covered this season mm -hmm. just on a complicated topic like race relations. And I think of like four seasons, you've got uh, this passion audience, uh, undivided attention to talk about economic disparity. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe no, a little could. less fantasy would have been would have been nice to have. I absolutely agree with that. I think if they had laid the groundwork for that in previous seasons of the show, certainly go for it. But, but that's why I came up with Todd, clear that, they Todd Dab like three seasons ago, so I wouldn't have right. to continually bitch about this one topic that I'm dissatisfied yep. with. So, <laughs> And ultimately, you know, it's, it's going to be what it is, and it's either going to ruin your enjoyment of the show or it's not, depending on how you, how you view it. Um, I do know that the people without e-coin wallets are going to feel pretty shitty now like that's ah damn i should have gone over to evil corp yeah and got my wallet like all those people saying no this is wrong these companies are profiting yeah. off of our ignorance and they're taking advantage of us all those people fuck them they don't get the money yep the sheeple that went all in on the fucking mark of the beast they got paid they got paid out the people who are more likely to get fleeced all over again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting uh it won't be we won't get that far down the line to see the the ramifications of that. Uh, so then they arrive at the airport, and Leon tells Darlene that he's got some shit that she could get up to when she gets back if she's interested. Uh, she might be, but she's got to think about it. And then Dom sees Irving in a convenience store inside the whoa, airport. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Joy Badass comes to you, says LLC or S-Corp. What do you say, Jim? Uh, I, I tell him both. Yeah. I tell him incorporate as an, an LLC, but get taxed as an S Corp. Yes, aka That's the bald move it. method. Lots of advantages for a, yeah. a, a person with the cash you're talking about, Joey Joey. <laughs> yeah, you want you want the S Corp. You want to be able to take yeah. them dividends and, and at roll the, at your... the You want to take them dividends <laughs> at the capital at the at the capital what Hell the yeah. fuck is it called? Roll your joints twice as big. Yeah. Capital gains tax. That's what you want. You don't want to pay mm -hmm. that payroll tax. That's for suckers. It's no. for suckers. Uh, yeah, so then Dom sees Irving in this convenience store inside the airport. He signs a copy of his book for her. Dom asks him to please not hurt her, but Irving isn't interested in hurting them because they apparently don't care about her anymore. Her family isn't in danger because the Dark Army and the Deus Group are onto something more important, and he leaves without event. But he says she still's got to pay for that. Still got to pay for it. He's, we she's think he's talking about the it. book, but... There's a lot of things Dom needs to pay for I mean, when the Dark Army's concerned. Yeah, I saw a hundred different people sharing that screenshot of the closed caption of her pointing him pointing to her and saying she's still gotta pay for it. Like mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like I I I I love the scene because I like Irving, but on the other hand, the more I think about it, the more I don't like it because is this Irving a joke? Is he working for the Dark Army again? Um, you know, as someone who self published a book not too long ago, the turnaround time on this novel yeah it's impressive yeah like like not not just uh ready to go and edited and like it's printed it's got standouts yeah. of them it's uh boy it's this, this real go-getter the dark dark army must have really that that's it's right below importance of the congo project <laughs> was the beach towel project white rose is just really <laughs> ramming that thing through like you can't disappoint irv it's got to uh -huh. be in the stores by christmas damn it guys damn it like, focus on the Congo project. That's why Elliot got away with all this shit. You yeah, know, she was distracted by the Beach Towel project. Hell yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it because okay. almost I... no outworking of this plot makes me happy. Like, if this is just what it is, which is a way to tell us that this is not 
anything to worry about mm-hmm. i don't get it. it seems like it's a very mixed signal if it's actually a dark army plot to do x i'm really scratching then my what's head the fucking point? like why yeah why tip your hand i guess yeah. is my question why have irving show up and potentially spook uh dom mm-hmm. who remembers the last time very vividly that they yeah. encountered each other mm-hmm. uh it, it's a really good question because the you have to look at sort of the fallout of this conversation right is did the dark army if they have a plan achieve what they plan to achieve in getting dom on this plane and darlene off it i think the exact reverse happened right because i think what they wanted is either dom to stay or both of them to stay mm-hmm. uh sort of local to you know when i say local i mean the u.s um th- i think that was the if this is a dark army plan the intended consequence yeah and and also just dom and darlene's conversation which is like you think this is legit oh yeah it's totally legit okay i guess it's legit like that it doesn't feel like two people who should be deathly afraid no uh -uh. the other reason this feels weird is because of who is telling us this and i think if you want us to believe that the dark army is not after dom and darlene you need someone other than the dark army to tell us you almost have to have elliot himself tell us Mm -hmm. i don't think there's anyone else in the show i would actually believe on that level and just sit back and go okay they're safe yeah uh, so it that really does not work for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, which is why I'm kind of expecting the twist here. So there's so much ex Dark Army show, you know, showing up at this at this point. Yeah, Leon, yeah. ex Dark Army. Like, do we need uh, White Rose's uh, new assistant to come in and be like, oh yeah, no, for crazy coincidence. I'm flying out of Boston back to China because like, yo, yeah, we canceled this all this Dark Army shit. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. White Rose really fucked it up, stacked it up. No one cares. Like. It just doesn't feel right. Nah, and, doesn't. and if I were Dom, my alarm bells would be going off. All my instincts as a puzzle box watcher is like... And but, as but, an FBI agent. But like, this is almost like a David Lynch move to pull something this crazy, coincidental, out of nowhere kind of thing. And maybe he's channeling some of that energy. A little Twin Peaks to return. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly hoping for a twist at this point because it would make more sense to me mm-hmm. as a viewer. Uh, anything else? Want to talk about this? Is this? I guess it's just a lot of fan service um, in this these couple of scenes. Yeah. Because the next one is Dom telling Darlene what Irving said, and it's a huge weight off her shoulders. Darlene still wants to go to Budapest, but she doesn't want to go by herself. Unfortunately, Dom has changed her mind about running away with her. Uh, she tries to convince Dom to let go of her old life, create a new one with her, but she can't. And then uh, Darlene Dom does the, the same pitch in reverse to Darlene. Yeah. Like yeah, they're you, both arguing. You grow up and take this job in Cyber Command and yeah. track down Edward Snowden for us. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're both kind of saying, yeah, follow my path because uh-huh. my path is the right one. And I think yeah. they both come to terms with neither of their paths being the right one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Darlene sits at the gate deciding whether to get on this plane and Dom's deciding uh, whether or not to leave this terminal. They end up uh, deciding not to do either and they miss each other at the gate as Darlene freaks out in the bathroom has a panic attack and Dom boards the plane and this flight takes off and Dom sleeps her way toward Budapest um, while Darlene stays in the States determined to take care of herself uh, and perhaps okay with being alone mm-hmm. for the first time. And Irving's book puts Dom right to sleep on dream in dream. <laughs> sure does. Chapter one. Chapter one. Just a real snoozer. Yeah. 
You it's, really got to get to the end. It's a wow. Yeah, for sure. At least the chapter 12 where he strangles yeah. his mom. Uh, do you think... <laughs> so there's people going crazy thinking that episode 412 will have Elliot strangling his mom, his mom's psychic manifestation of his oh. consciousness in the boardroom, presumably. Okay. That's like, his mom's dead. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah no, that you know, sense. that mom. Uh, that could be. Yeah. And uh, there's... Uh, I, uh, yeah, it, people freeze frame the back of the cover, and it's about like you know plot twist and you know person in a position of strength versus a person in a position of weaknesses and turning the tables, and it's just it seems like it's broadly metaphoric for this season and Mister Robot as a whole. I don't know that I saw anything to like hang your hat on, but yeah, um, here. So I guess when you said I hope there is some kind of twist, and I, I guess the twist would be that Dom and Darlene are both under attack. Um, or, or back under threat again. I just feel like this 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 story ending only works if that doesn't is not the case. Like Darlene, like I mean, I, I does it work? The if happy Dar- ending, yeah. Like Dom discovers works, that sure. she can finally get a night's sleep because she can relax finally. Um, you know, then she gets blown up. And Darlene decides <laughs> yeah, that, that, like, you know what, I can, I, I, I can get through these panic attacks, and I can calm myself, and things won't be perfect going forward. Because I, I thought that was actually pretty nice. Like, uh, this is what, you know, if you're recovering from some kind of mental or emotional problem, it doesn't look like you just don't suffer from the problem again. It's mm-hmm. more of like, you know, if you're prone to panic attacks, you'll probably always have panic attacks all your life. It's just you'll get better at identifying what triggers them. You'll get better at calming yourself. You'll get better at trusting that these won't spiral out of control and destroy your life, but you still have to deal with them. You still have to manage them. Um, Same thing with depression. It's not like you're never going to get depressed again. It's not like you're going to have setbacks. It's just that those dark tunnels will get hopefully shorter and you get better at getting yourselves out of them and you'll have a stronger support network that you build up in the good times, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I I, I like that, but like if she... Uh, has this nice moment of recovery and then walks out of air, uh, airport and gets her bla- brains blown out, then mm. woof, where does that character they, development go? I believe they call that bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I, I don't know that you want to kill both of them, which is why sure. maybe Dom dying makes a little more sense uh, with this airplane theory and everything, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, How do you feel about this, th- this Carly Rae Jespin song, which is extremely diversive i like or, i said i thought that's that's divisive rather. that the, yeah, that really li- plays itself into the the friend season three finale feel of it yeah. i didn't have any particular animus towards it because i'm i don't think i have as big an axe to grind against poppy pop music as you do yeah but. that's the thing I, I was looking at the scene i'm going okay why did i not like this but i'm totally okay with them taking an alderson family road trip and an alf based full house episode right yeah. like and I, I was really like trying to come to terms with the feelings on that. And I think it's comes down to, I just simply don't like this style of pop music. And I did not feel like this was within Mr. Robot's wheelhouse. They, well, they don't go. typically do this with music. Yeah. They do it with like cinematography and motifs and mm-hmm. things like that. Now I, I, I want to give them benefit of the doubt and say, well, if they're going for a rom-com thing, how better to go for it than a cheesy, shitty pop song? Right. Which, yeah, I don't know. This, it, maybe it's not as shitty as I want to say. Like, everybody seems to be converts to Carly Rae Jespin now on the Reddit. People uh, hate Carly Rae? Huh? 
Did people hate Carly? Just, just really. No, no, no. I'm just saying people who never listened to her music against her. Wasn't that the "Call I, Me Maybe"? I'm sure, that yeah. that sounds like a thing. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, I, I came down on maybe I just think it's a pop thing. But well, then I look the at Faith Hill and I'm like, okay, I don't like that song either. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, it was I was totally fine with that song. Right. I think because it's a character choice and not a stylistic thing. Right. And They're Dom's not, trying... not cool. Like Dom's sure, not yeah. cool. This show is cool, mm-hmm. and you don't think Carly Rae Jepsen's cool, so it's harmed the show's image. And I also think that you, the reason like you're fine with some kind of out of character things happening in the elf, uh, the, the elf, the Alf episode, is because that's the show being ironic. That's the show being sure. playful and ironic, and and working on different levels. And you know when you're you're getting this. Uh, uh, music that is the soundtrack of the actual episode and it doesn't sound like Mr. Robot and it doesn't fit your mold of what you think, you know, it'd be like Neo showing up in a bow tie yeah. in the Matrix. Like, nothing intrinsically wrong with bow ties. His, his maybe some people can is pull it off, like but like, why is he wearing the monk robes with the red Tucker Carlson bow tie? Yeah. Like, I thought he was supposed to be cool and and, and not just cool, but a very particular kind of cool. And this yeah. show is a very particular kind of cool that maybe this pop portfolio doesn't fit into. I think it certainly that's, didn't that's for me. The, that's the where the gears are grinding. Yeah. But I don't know. But, but maybe I'm just uh, a little more closed minded than your average Mr. Robot viewer. Who yeah, knows? I ask you, there's one other thing that I forgot to talk about at the time that uh, that that. Because some people have they, they have noticed the 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 looseness of this episode, and there's a couple other things pointed out in the feedback, but I've taken it to where they actually uh, did you see the theory saying that this is a Dom, another Dom dream? Because Dom has had these dreams that have faked us out on a sure. couple of occasions. This yeah, whole episode uh, is a Dom dream. What was it, Big Hard Henry or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big Dick, Big Dick <laughs> Dave. Yeah, yeah. Diamond Dick Dave. Uh, that was. Yeah. And there's an, the, another one from the season before where she had like this dream fantasy um, because Dom's family was kidnapped by an Irish mercenary. Mm-hmm. And now her family is in FBI safe house custody. The, the Irish mercenary did say he was taking her, the family to the safe house. So to the FBI safe house. Like this seems like yeah. something she had worked out both with the Irish guy and also... But how did Somehow that? But I want to know the, the mechanics FBI? of how the FBI came to like either either this these these Irish mercenaries pulled up in their ski masks uh-huh. and like we've got a delivery for the FBI and the FBI is like we're expecting you come on through, or there was this a handoff situation at. But, but it's almost impossible because she doesn't know what safe house they're at. So like, yeah, I, guess, I don't know. Okay, so the Irish it guy takes weird. them to the safe house. Uh-huh. The FBI gets word from Dom that they need mm-hmm. to go check their safe houses because she doesn't know which safe house they're at. And then, or maybe th- like, Hey, go check this particular safe house and then move them to another safe house that Dom doesn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There are some weird disconnected details here. I just thought it would be, I, I wish. And, and I, I, you know, as you know, I, I love this one at first. Cause I thought that was a great twist. It was kind of in plain sight and it made Dom very clever, but now it's like, boy, I wish, I, I wish I saw that final, you know, like the, the, the final it's, it's like seeing, I feel like I saw oceans 11 without the final, like, Oh, this is how we did it. Okay. Yeah. The recap. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, it's like they just cut from, uh, 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 George Clooney being lo- locked up in the back room to them smoking cigars outside in the fountain. I'm like, what? Yeah. Wait, what? 
Brett, I, 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 maybe Brad Pitt was a SWAT team guy, and uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe the the goofy Asian dude was in that the buffet table. I, I, think, I don't I know. The I don't pinch, know. The pinch probably did something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. The, the flapjack had a role to play, but <laughs> I, I just don't know. I don't. I want to know where the flapjack went, man. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? No, I don't think so. Maybe in the the, the Blu-rays. And that's it for the episode. Well, it's not it for our podcast because we have feedback. Uh, robot at baldmove.com is how you send that submission in. Let's get right to it. Mansquito sounds horrific to be. It's like Jeff Goldblum, only even a bigger asshole insect character. It's true. Your 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 life must be a daily struggle, Mansquito. Try not to get swatted out there. Angela's apartment, where uh, had had some uh, questions about Angela's apartment where Elliot and Darlene has been staying. If you'll recall, on the walls and fridge, there are pictures of people. Pictures include one or more people. However, their faces are covered in either red or yellow tape or post-it notes. Okay. I about pooped myself on rewatched on, on a rewatch and witnessed the same phenomenon at the house of White Rose was held up in. I think it was season two, episode 10, when Angela was brought to the house with framed pictures on the wall, again with the red and yellow paper slash tape blocking the faces. My guess is that these are dead people. White Rose has killed the home's occupants and their faces were covered for some reason. Angel's apartment pictures are likely to five nine victims. Seems to be a theory rolling around that these people are somehow both alive and dead until they are observed. Some sort of Schrodinger's cat type of phenomenon. But why red and yellow? Ketchup and mustard? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Not sure if you talked about all this, but then I thought I should bring it up again in case uh, since we're in the end game and we'll, this things will likely come up uh, very soon. Maybe Eve. Uh, so I know this was a, talked about a lot in the preseason because in some of the trailers we got to see, um, I think a, a some kind of science facility mm-hmm. that had a whole bunch of like famous physicists and stuff like hanging on the wall, and their mm-hmm. eyes and faces were taped over too. And people were trying to figure out what it all meant. And I confess I haven't seen many of those type of theories floating around to what they. Uh, what they might mean. Um, I I, I can't even guess. I honestly can't even guess. I mean, so there are a couple of colors of tape. The, I, yeah, I'm hmm, not pulling anything. So I just want to throw that out there in case the hive mind can put something together. But like, I, yeah, I haven't seen anything really great that uh, uh, explains that. And it's one of those things. It's like, I, that might turn out to be the spiral patterns on the kids' bedroom walls in True Detective. Like it's just kind of creepy, menacing, mysterious. Well, not like a set dressing mistake, but more like just kind of uh, creepy, menacing, weird for weirdness sake. It's not like hmm. has a literal point. Like, okay. like why does the Dark Army wear devil masks? Mm-hmm. They could wear any type of mask, right. but why do they wear Asian devil masks? Like what? I mean, maybe there is a satisfying mythological reason or some kind of lore in the deep, you know, sun king, monkey god stuff. But I don't know what it is, and I don't think it is going to... If I if I get out of Mr. Robot not knowing why they wear those particular devil masks, it's not going to be... It's not going to break my heart. Sure. Uh, Scott from Chicago. He wants to talk about all the things that don't add up in this episode. And this is an edited list because I took out the things I knew what we were going to talk about. And also just this was a, an exhaustive list. So okay. here's what Scott has problems with. Uh, from the movie quotes from uh, with, with Leon and Leon not being his real name. The Vonnegut mirrors references 
We heard Leon's reference and are shown mirrors multiple times this episode. And last but not least, Leon's man, nobody fucking reads anymore. I took this as not only reading books, but Dom reading between the lines, even the curbside drop off Leon's comment of until the next episode, then clearly went over their heads. Uh, He is hopefully in the show until the end. Do you think that Leon's comment of until the next episode is got a double meaning of like, I'll see you in the next episode and likely kill you? Or do you think? Oh, I don't know. I likely kill you, but um, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think it probably has a meaning. You think it's going to? I mean, if he comes shows up in the next episode, then there you go. Yeah. Leon fulfilled. I wouldn't be surprised. We haven't really seen him do anything. Like, there's been no payoff to him yeah. working with Elliot. And, and I don't know Darlene. why, but I would buy Leon having his weird kind of fourth wall breaking character. Like, I think you can get away with a kook, like a completely crazy guy like that mm-hmm. if there's only one of them in the show. But, yeah, I mean, uh, we were asking why the hell they brought back Vera. And Vera turned out to be a critical sure. component of this season. Why the hell bring back Leon if he's just going to drop them off at the airport, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is Leon still Dark Army? Has he been recontracted? What are the odds that no one former Dark Army drives him in secret through the backwoods of Connecticut to get to Boston, only to find another former important Dark Army operative hawking his book there at the gift shop? Mm-hmm. Maybe think of Leon's quote about not just focusing us on the why, but the when, the where, and the how much. Yeah, I know. This is the yep. this is the schizophrenic nature of this episode. It wants to be taken seriously, but as we've cut this is kind of the other side of the person kind of taking it seriously where we're like, "Oh, this is just kind of a joke." Yeah, like these kind of questions seem like they demand answers, right? When Irving's trying to tell her to sell her the book, he says it's perfect for long flights. How the hell does he know? She know he's she's does he know that she's on a long flight? Most tellingly, Irving blurts out a spoiler alert that in Chapter 12 of the book, he strangles his mother to death. Could this be Esmail throwing us an Easter egg hinting to Chapter 12, a.k.a. Season 4, EO12, EO12, that Dom's mom is a goner? Oh, I didn't even catch that one. Dom's mom? Dom's mom. Got a, We got a real-life mom still at stake here, Jim. Damn. Uh, they built her up into a character this season. Why? Why? So probably so Why would Esmail do something like that? Put her in danger, I imagine. With all respect, when a used car salesman says, trust me, you should have your guard up, and Dom DePiro clearly does not. She wants a fairy tale ending so badly, seeing her family getting her job back and being with Darlene, that she fails to recognize that Irving's comment to, uh, from the Dark Army, or that the Dark Army has skedaddled off to something more important, has to be true, and they're all safe now. Uh, I mean, it's definitely true, but is it the whole story? Like, I think the Dark Army is on to something more important, White Rose's project and salvaging mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But yeah, is is the whole thing true, right? Yeah, they're gonna they're like so eventually they'll get caught up on their busy schedule yeah. and oh look, here's a loose end. Could be. Uh when Dom asks Irving what the Dark Army's doing now, he tells her that I cannot tell you. The tone clearly indicated to me that he knows uh but he cannot say, although I think Dom just maybe wants to believe that he doesn't know because he's not privy to that info. If you pause the show when it's on the back cover of the book jacket, it describes Beat Chow as this thrilling tale with a twist ending you won't forget. Hopefully this is an Easter egg from Esmail about the fate of the Mr. Robot characters and how everything in the show will pan out. <laughs> with 10 minutes left in the episode, we have Dom telling Darlene, all I know is we don't have to run anymore. And then, of mm. course, 410 ends with the two of them literally running back and forth through Logan <laughs> to and from the gate. Love the continuation, parenthetically of the White Rose slash Price time theme, although there is an error because the departure screen said the flight was leaving at 10.03 p.m., but Darlene's border pass showed 6.15 p.m. In addition to seat 23D, which could not have been the vacant middle seat next to Dom. Oh, my God, she got on the wrong plane. I mean... They're going to blow up a different plane. She won't be on it. 
so time is definitely a thing in this show, but yeah. we also know that Esmail occasionally fucks up. He fucked up the vintage of a wine bottle from earlier this season. So like, is it that hard to coordinate all the dates and times as people are randomly walking by things and seeing news articles? It seems extremely difficult. Yeah. I never understand how they're able to manage it, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, you make it one person's job to do that, I guess, and then... Her, but, her plane is going to go faster than the speed of light uh-huh. or, or near approaching the speed of light around the planet many, many millions of times, and yeah. then she'll arrive at 10 p.m. But, I mean, my point is, how do you tell a guy like Scott to relax on this stuff? Because the show has taught him yeah. to, no, I, like, keep his eyes wide open and, and take his Adderall and obsessively notice all these details on all these things being off. And I'm off. a lot like Scott. Yeah. Like, I, that's I'm inclined to do that, too. Right. It's just man i don't know where i sit with this thing and it wants me to not i'll take handfuls of percocets and it'll all be fine yeah speaking of that after whirlwind day of anesthesia percocet and the drinks at the airport bar dom finally nods off in her seat on page one of irving's book no less Mm -hmm. and begins that good night of sleep and rest everyone has been saying she needs wonder if we'll get another dom nightmare scene to open episode 411 it's ironic that calling uh 411 is a direct is directory assistance and dom needs that more than anything in her life right now okay next episode opens up uh dom wakes up on the plane she looks around her something she can tell something's not right mm-hmm. and she discovers oh shit there's a bomber on this plane oh my god and there's a there's it's a shootout the irish bastard <laughs> yeah there's a shootout she's trying to take him down she can't the plane blows up and then she wakes up in her airplane seat uh what if she wakes how annoying will that be or i was just thinking like what's the most absurd thing that i could actually see she wakes up and her stewardess is white rose okay and then the person and sitting everyone... beside her is white rose and then across the way yeah. it's white rose her mom comes up it's white rose it's like it's white rose all the way down but there's a single irving there's a single yeah directly he's the behind captain her. uh-huh yeah but then then he then he looks but looks back and it's white rose hmm. uh yeah Seb wrote in and said, I'm amazed Amazon let them break an Alexa and call it something you order toilet paper with. Amazon let them? Let? Because I can fucking get on a camera and break an Alexa and say, this wipes my ass for me. Yeah. And I don't think Amazon is going to have damn fuck all to say about it. It does seem that like production usually try to approve that, but it's more of in the sense of like, can we get some sponsorship money? Like, it's almost Mm -hmm. like a product placement thing. So, yeah, like... Amazon can't keep you from breaking Alexa as art, man. They certainly cannot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird to watch through Amazon streaming service, Mr. Robot, as mm-hmm. they're trashing an Amazon product. But yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? I know you two weren't big fans of season two, but I've definitely missed Leon's esoteric ramblings. So I'm glad we got some more before the end, along with Irving's cameo. I love the detail that Dom tried not to buy the book after that, but the cashier made her yeah. because he'd signed it. Because he defaced it. He defaced which is it. Hilarious. Yeah, it's actually yeah. worth less now. Right. Uh, I do. I like, I like Leon's uh, ramblings. Yeah. Like well, Leon is not the problem with season two. I'll you tell you that much. Damn right. Uh, I was so fucking there for that Christmas movie romance of Dom rushing back to go with Darlene, but I knew based on the episode description that they were going to fuck with us. I'm glad they still had time for a bit of a breather episode, and I hope Dom is able to be happy. I feel like we almost forgot to talk about this. So Darlene thinks she needs to be with someone to be happy, Mm -hmm. and she can't take care of herself. 
and Dom thinks that she has to have all these responsibilities that are crushing her. And this control over her life. Yeah. And they both leave and get to a place where Dom realizes that she there's more important things than her responsibilities, and she needs to run away from them and goes back to be with Darlene. Darlene has a panic attack in the bathroom and realizes that I can actually take care of myself and I don't need someone. Mm -hmm. And that realization means I don't have to run. So Darlene has got the happier ending because Dom went back to find Darlene. But the way the, 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 the show unfolded, her falling asleep for the first time means that she had backed her way into a healthy life decision. I agree. Uh, Dom's ending is not quite as happy. Yeah. Because she's not like, getting the things she wants yeah. or needs. Well, she does get the things she needs, but definitely not what she wants. Yeah. Uh, Darlene kind of seems to come to terms, uh, sort of line line up what she wants and what she needs. I think that it's it's good because I was thinking the whole time when you're seeing Dom's obvious discomfort working with these criminals and like uh, discomfort with what Darlene's doing with the Robin Hood shit and... You know, her trying to push her into cyber command. It's like, man, if they did get together as cute as they are and as much chemistry as I think they have, one or probably both of them are going to be fucking miserable because they're going to be tr constantly pulling the other in a direction to be less of a stick, you know, have a stick up their mm, ass or yeah. more have, hey, can you have a stick at all up the ass? Can it be like a half inch up there? Because you got no sticks in the ass and you're <laughs> right. way too loosey goosey. So I kind of thought, I, I thought that was the what, the best part of the episode. Like the just a purely Dom Darlene Will they, won't they, and yes. the final won't they felt felt pretty good. But I'm not a big shipper. Yeah. So. Uh, Jennifer wants to know, does Darlene know about Elliot's abuse, or did he shield it from her? Do you think his mom knew? Mm. You mean at the hands of Edward, his yes. father? I think that's a little bit unclear. Okay, I'll go with that, but I have suspicion. Like, Do you? Well, what's your suspicion? I think that Darlene doesn't know because if she did, I think she would have said something before. Like, I think that it seemed pretty clear yeah. that, that Elliot's thing was to shield his sister by pushing her in the closet and then attacking his dad to, you know, um, keep her away from him. And maybe yeah. that's something Elliot got. That's why he got the bat out is because, you know, maybe Darlene was getting old enough to start getting some of that attention, too, and, and he wasn't going to have it. Mm -hmm. Um I think it, so. So that's my opinion that she, that Elliot, successfully shielded her from the abuse. The mom, I got a pretty yeah, clear I'm, opinion on that too. I'm feeling a lot more down on the mom. Yeah. Uh, after finding out what Edward was doing. Uh huh. But I feel like the angry conversation they had at the hospital takes on like I think Elliot's mom was a piece of shit too. Clearly, she's yep. putting her cigarettes out on Elliot and Darlene, and you know Darlene agrees that she's also a bad parent. Um. But I think you can be a, a bad phys a physical. Uh, you can be a bad parent that physically abuses your kid, and also be kind of horrified slash disgusted that your mate has molested them too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of her mom knew about it, wasn't happy about it, and probably took. I I I don't know. Like it I, it, it depends on what 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 you think about how Mister Alderson died. Okay. You know, or if he's actually, you know, like, uh, did he die of cancer from the township thing, or did he die because he got be beaten head by a baseball bat? Or yeah, I'm more on board with that theory now. That's yeah. The second one. Or maybe even committed suicide, and like, so, so I, I. Here's the other thing about Elliot's mom, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's abusive, um, in other ways. If she did know about the abuse that Edward 
uh, was perpetrating on Elliot, she should have done something about it. Oh, see, I guess that's... And that's, to me, the more... You know, I mean, that's equally egregious. I thought that that was... I guess I had thought, and I don't know why I think this, but I thought that this incident with Elliot jumping out the window brought that stuff to a head and it didn't happen anymore. And that like Edward died very shortly after that, probably maybe even in that same incident. I don't know. Right. I mean, that's kind of, so like I, and I think that an assumption she, I'm making, I guess I also assumed that that's when her mom, the mom found out. So if any okay. of those, if she found out years before I, and just let it yeah, happen, yeah. then obviously that's like fucking way beyond the pale. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she just found out. Um, but I don't know. Cause I, again, like I, I, if this, I, I will say this, if this episode, if, if this ends amazingly, I'm almost certainly going to go back and watch at least the first season because yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of, st- I remember season three very well and season two, eh, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> but season, <laughs> season one, I like this because I think there's probably a lot of little things that if you watch it with fresh eyes, it's like, oh, the timeline will make sense. Yep. But we'll see. Uh, James S., who would you rather sit next to on a seven-hour flight from Boston to Budapest? Darlene, manic from Robin Hooding, the Deus group, or Dom, sad from leaving her family and likely to fall asleep on you? I mean... Man, I really don't like talking to people on planes. So it's honestly, in the heart of my heart, it's probably Dom, because she'll just sleep through the whole thing. But Darlene, I think, would be a hell of a lot of fun to just talk to. I go back and forth because, like, I've had enjoyed conversations I had with people on the plane. It's essentially I like talking to interesting people, but I don't like Darlene making is small. That. I don't like ma- like making small talk with with uh, uninteresting people. Yeah. Uh, and if I had like, if, if if I had to choose right now, I'd probably go with the person most likely to fall asleep because I can just read a book or listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't make a person oblivious to social cues. Stop talking to me, because <laughs> God knows I've tried. I feel you. On an indie to the the Dallas flight once, like mm. I, there's nothing I could make this dull motherfucker uh, do. Like I could pretend to read, I could put headphones in. He's still gonna tug my arm and want to throw in throw in another story. Jeez, <sighs> not enough Percocet in the world. Uh, Dan K, stealing a mirror is a direct. Okay, so Dan K is the one that had the Breakfast of Champions quote. Yep. Um, and he's the one wondering if Elliot is going to be able to have a chance to ask him mail. What the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? And I think we've already talked about that. That's either going to be the greatest mic drop in uh, the golden age of sen- the television that I can think of, or it's going to be we're all laughing at Sam Esmail, not with him. I don't see yep. any. That's like it feels like a binary thing. Like it either works completely. Or it like that working ninety five percent is still going to be god awful. Uh, okay, it has to work let, at a hundred percent, or it's not going to work at all. Let me throw this out there: the Golden Globe nominations just happened. Mm-hmm. Rami Malek got nominated for a um, the best actor in a TV series. Okay, in a Fair. drama. Um, the show itself did not get nominated for best drama. So. To me, that says the submission here or or the thing that was most highly considered was probably his performance in like 407. Did they did they say what submission what episode was submitted or is that a thing? I, I don't know. Because that's the thing with the Emmys. I don't know if that's a thing with Golden Globes. But that's what I'm getting at. Like I I would assume that it was probably his best performance was submitted mm-hmm. um in that episode. Or if they view the whole season or whatever, which they probably don't, mm-hmm. um, that's at least the episode they considered. Which tells me that maybe there isn't some mind-blowing TV landscape altering thing at the end of this, or they probably would have considered that instead. Would they get to see that if it's not been aired yet, though? 
I assume so, yeah. See, I don't know. If it's they going have all... to air during the period of eligibility, I would think so. Huh. Yeah, I don't know if they have screeners. I don't know, because I also I don't put a lot of stock in these institutions getting it right. Oh, fuck no. Fuck so, no. Because there are a lot of I mean, people... We have ang- an award show. We get it wrong. <laughs> Everyone gets yeah, award our, shows our, wrong. Yeah, our award show is as stupid as any of them. Yeah. Um, but I think that... Uh, yeah, I know. I saw a lot of people being really upset about that on on Reddit and elsewhere mm-hmm. about Mr. Robot getting robbed. And I'm just like, it's it's not it's certainly not the best show that's ever been robbed of of critical no. acclaim, and it won't be wire. the last show that's ever been robbed of critical acclaim. So, yeah. uh, welcome welcome to the world of stupid award shows. Mm-hmm. And that is where we are at at the end of this episode, at the end of this coverage of this week. We'll be back, of course, next week for the. It's not the penultimate, but it'll essentially be the penultimate because the week after it'll be a special back-to-back airing as from, from as far as I understand of the final two episodes of Mr. Robot. It mm-hmm. will be the last podcast that we do before we come back from Christmas break. Um, so it'll be the penultimate for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the plan is to do next week's podcast as normal. Yep. And then the ones that air right before Christmas, those two back-to-backs we're going to come back the monday following yes and cover those before before like two days before new year's eve or whatever yeah and, so it'll be like those. three or four days delayed yeah from when you normally yeah. get it but it's a supersized episode and it's over christmas mm-hmm. what what what, what, what podcast on hack. christmas day was uh, never gonna happen i, I got i got uh i i gotta get some information out of a woman <laughs> I'm gonna have to go real dark for that. I got a hack to do. I, I pl- I'm gonna plan on showing up on Christmas and recording, but I have a uh, have a feeling that I'm gonna get hijacked by some crazy taxidermist. Uh-huh. She's gonna make me listen to a Dan Carlin podcast all day, and I just won't. I just it just won't happen. I so. promised to drive a, a dirty Santa Claus home. Did you? Yeah. Well, that's nice. I bet yeah. he like volunteered to make sick children feel better. So <laughs> he's doing good work. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's where I'm at that. Please send your feedback to robot at baldmove.com. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.